What's up, friends? It's Haley, aka Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. Dr. Lindsay Brooks is a sex therapist turned sex educator. She has her PhD in counseling psychology, is a certified sex therapist, and has been providing therapy since 2005. She is thrilled to now be bringing her knowledge beyond the therapy room with Sexual Empowerment School, where she teaches women how to let go of sexual shame, build their pleasure knowledge, and learn sexual communication skills through her online workshops and resources. Welcome, Dr. Lindsay Brooks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and chat with I am so excited to have you here. Like we said before we started recording, this is, I feel like it's been a long time coming. We had a a recording Uh scheduled about a month ago and now, and we like waited four weeks for that. So it's been like two months in the making, I feel like. (laughs) Yes, we had a pet baby incident. It's very important. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate it. So I, the excitement has been building. I'm super pumped to chat with you. Um, before we dive into all things sexual empowerment though, um, tell us a little bit more about you. This can be both like personal, professional, mm-hmm. who are you? Sure, totally. Well, like you said, I'm a sex therapist turned sex educator. Um, I think it's important kind of people know like where I'm coming from when I'm doing such personal work. So just mm-hmm. to know a little bit about me, um, identify as a white bisexual cisgender woman. Uh, I was raised, uh, well, my family, my parents are from the South. Um, I was raised in the North of the South. So it's a debate whether I'm Southern or not, but (laughs) I love it. Uh Yes. Um, But Southern roots for sure is a big part of the culture I was raised in. And I moved out to California um, many years ago now. So I'm like an adopted Californian. So those are kind of the, the cultural spaces that I'm coming from. And um, on the personal side, I love the beach. I feel so fortunate to be able to live a short walk from the ocean and it's just so grounding for me. And I have an adorable little kitten baby that I am obsessed with who is so (laughs) chunky and so cute and has kept me sane through the pandemic. Oh, I love it. I love it. Will your cat be making an appearance? Uh, he is hidden in the other room okay. because he is too uh, distracting and will meow too much. When we're yes. this <laughs> I always love it. Like that's, I think that's one of the beautiful things about zoom and being able to connect with people like in their home, you get to like see their life. And mm-hmm. I have two of my coworkers, they have cats and they will always jump up on the desk yeah. and like one of them will always turn and its butt is like in the camera and it's just, I don't know. I just love that vulnerability. So I love it, but yeah, it's fun to see people's real lives more. It is. Yeah. That's like a a beautiful thing that, that we've learned over the past few years, but yeah. So you started as a sex therapist and now Mm -hmm. you've moved more into like sex education. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about this. Walk us through that journey. Totally. Yeah. Well, I, I still do sex therapy, so that's still a part of my life. Um, and I love that work and I'm passionate about it, but I found, you know, therapy is very like private and hidden because mm-hmm. of, you know, confidentiality and the rules of that, which are, are so important for people to feel safe to do that deep work. Um, but I find that kind of limits information that like needs to get out there more broadly. 
And that I found myself kind of talking over and over with women about similar topics, like, okay, I'm kind of teaching the same information over and over again. And wow, there must really be a broader need for this. If this is coming up with like, you know, the handfuls of people in my practice, there must be, you know, hundreds more people out there with similar questions. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to make that information more accessible um, beyond just the therapy room and that, you know, not everyone where you live has access to a therapist, can afford a therapist. Maybe there is, if there is a therapist in your area, there may not be a sex therapist in your area. So, um, so it really became a passion for me about accessibility and that a lot of the information that's really helpful to people. It's like, you can just get that in an educational way and that can be life-changing information. So, um, so I'm really excited to kind of share that in the the broader way. Yeah. I, I think it is so cool. I love I've, I think there's two, you and then one other, I'm pretty sure there are sex therapists that I follow. And I just love the way that you talk about it so openly on, on an online platform and you Ooh. don't make it feel for people who still feel that it's like a, you know, a taboo topic that doesn't feel like weird or awkward for even those folks. I feel like, like it okay. just is such an open and encouraging and supportive way. And it's funny because the other sex therapist that I'm thinking about is like super goofy about their delivery yeah. and yours is very like calming, grounding down to earth. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like I both are so um, soothing in a way and like supportive. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just want to say thank you for sharing your wisdom, like mm-hmm. with the masses. I think that's a really cool thing when like, I, va- I so value therapy and when we can get little nuggets of that, um, in such an accessible way, mm-hmm. it's amazing. <laughs> so thank oh, you for that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that means, means yeah. so much to me. I'm still with like the putting myself out there online. I'm still like, I don't know <laughs> how people feel about this. I'm like, I think it's helpful information, but like, I don't know. How do you put this out there on Instagram and TikTok world? So I'm glad to hear it's it's speaking to yes, somebody. <laughs> it is. It is speaking to me. And I know it's probably, you know, touching so many others. But yeah, I think I've even fi- found that like, even though what I talk about, like non-diet and weight neutral and everything, it's a pretty, you know, they'll say like a saturated market. Mm-hmm. I still worry about like, ooh, how is this going to come across? Or how are people going to see mm-hmm. me? You know, it's like, I mm-hmm. feel like it's, it's so hard when we, when we know there's so many eyes on us, but um, yeah, it's helpful even when I get like one message from one person and they're like, you're making a difference. I'm like, okay, I got to keep going, you know? So let me be that one person for you, even though I know there's millions more. <laughs> well, totally. Well, I'm, I mean, I hear you saying saturated market in quotes, but we need that voice. It is right. still not, it is not the mainstream voice at all. So we need more and more people talking about it. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your big thing is sexual empowerment. And I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit more about that. Um, what does it mean to you and, and why does it matter? Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, how I define sexual empowerment is, you know, it's not like one specific thing people should be doing. It's, you know, um, approaching sex in a way that is free from shame, free from fear and exploring it based on your own values. So if you can let go of that shame and fear and figure out what values are right for you, then that is empowerment. Mm. And that can look all different kinds of ways. So, you know, some people might think like, oh, sexual empowerment, that must mean I'm supposed to be out there having threesomes or whatever to them feels like that crazy thing. That's what Mm -hmm. sexual empowerment is. When in reality it can be look like it's a whole continuum of all different kinds of things people could be doing. There's so much diversity in what people and enjoy and what feels right for them and their values. Mm. Um, 
And so connecting with that and finding what's true for yourself. Mm. And, and I feel like the shame piece of that is really important. It's just like letting that go and believing that sex is just another natural, normal part of life. Mm. And can I just embrace that in whatever way it fits in to my life and allow space for that? That is cool. Like I just keep thinking in my head, like it's values based, like it's, and that's not what I anticipated at all. But I think that's, that's so cool. I think about like my own work, like in therapy, not around necessarily like sex or anything, but you know, we do, I do like a lot of like strength-based and like values-based therapy, I feel like, like, you know, connecting back. And so I feel like that's really cool. The fact that it's taking a look at our values and that really shows how individualized and like different and diverse it can look like for different people. So that's super cool. Totally. Yeah. Like for, for one person, maybe their values are, you know, only have sex with the person you're married to. Mm. And that can be sexual empowerment. Mm-hmm. And, and that journey could look like, oh, I'm going to really learn about my sexuality before I get married. I'm going to read all the books. I'm going to have open communication with my partner about what we both want our sex life to look like mm-hmm. after we're married. Um, or that could look like another end of the continuum of someone who's very comfortable with casual sex mm-hmm. and enjoy sex in relationships or casually and they're very clear on what they like and mm-hmm. they get comfortable talking to new partners about what they like and what their boundaries are like those are two very different stories and to me those could both be sexual mm-hmm. empowerment yeah yeah I love that and the removing the shame out of it so important yes. so so on your website you you say that you you know you help women identify what's getting in the way of sexual Mm -hmm. empowerment. I'm curious if you can dive a little bit deeper into that. Like what are some of the common things that you find get in the way for a lot of the women maybe that you've worked with or just in general? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I found like four themes tend to really stand out to me that I've narrowed it down to and really try to focus in on offering things um, that, that speak to filling in those gaps. Um, So the first is just a lack of pleasure-based sex education. Like a lot of us uh, didn't get any sex education. And if we did, pleasure certainly was not Mm -hmm. a part of it, especially for women. No, we we often just learn about, you know, birth control. Don't get pregnant. Your period, you know, that maybe don't get an STI. If you do, you are a disgusting human, like all that terrible stuff. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So not learning about like parts of the body that could give them pleasure, not learning that they deserve pleasure in the experience, right? They're so often taught, like, it's a thing that boys or men want. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't actually want it or enjoy the experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's something you're supposed to like kind of hold off and Mm -hmm. protect because actually it's going to be scary and painful. You know, Mm -hmm. that, that is more often the message most of us are getting. So, so not having that information about pleasure and so therefore not expecting it. I find that's, that's a big blocker. Mm. Um, and then having a, what I call a sex negative mindset. So kind of where you've internalized some of those shame-based or fear-based messages, and then you now believe them yourself and you carry that mindset around. So, mm-hmm. you know, like it's wrong or dirty to want to experience sex mm-hmm. um, or, you know, parts of my body are gross, right? Like my, my vulva is gross or it's mm-hmm. smelly, right? These are kind of messages that we often hear. So like really holding on to those things and believing them can really stop women from seeing it as a joyful, pleasurable experience Mm -hmm. that they can then explore. Mm. 
Um, and tell me if you want, I can give you the overview, but tell me if you want me to talk yeah, more about any of these things. Yeah. Um, the third standout thing for me is a lack of learning how to communicate about mm. sex. So maybe even if they are comfortable with some aspects of their sexuality, then how the heck do I talk about it? It's so scary to talk about. It's terrifying to think about bringing up, oh, it might ruin the moment. You know, all those kind of fears come in. And I find that is often like a blocking place I get to in my work with women. Like, we've been like, okay, we've helped her understand her body more and figure out what she really likes and what are her interests. And she's excited and ready to kind of try some new things. And then I'm like, okay, so let's talk to your partner about it. And it's like, fuck yeah. no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that is terrifying. Um, oh. So I, I find that is often a big sticking mm. point. So the mm. lack of the skill and the comfort with the communication. Um, and then the last piece, the fourth piece I find really common is a lack of support and community that so few women have other women they can talk to about these things and they feel really alone in these experiences. Um, and I, I often hear things like, oh, like I, I thought I was the only one who couldn't orgasm through penetration, mm -hmm. for example, that's a very common myth. Yeah. Um, and so they're kind of out there alone with some of these ideas and then when they feel like hmm, something's maybe not feeling quite right in my sexual relationship, or I'm not comfortable with something, they, they don't have someone they can bounce it off with and be like, mm -hmm. oh, is that normal? <laughs> is that not normal? Mm -hmm. um, so not having that support system mm -hmm. as well is wow. a block also. So um, I think that's a big way sex therapists can support folks um, in, in, you know, normalizing their experiences and helping them understand them more. Right. Um, it's so interesting because as you were going through there, I was seeing through those, I was seeing so many parallels with like weight and body size. And like what I oh, talk yeah. about, like even, you know, the messages we got growing up about how important weight is supposed to be and what health mm. is supposed to look like. And the, even with the sex negative mindsets, the, the fact that a lot of people will develop a, a negative association between like exercise or food mm -hmm. and then um yeah all of that there's there's a lot of parallels and even the the communication like being able to feel confident telling our friends or our family like hey i don't want to talk about dieting or anything anymore mm -hmm. and, sure. and finding a community because again it's like the water that we're swimming in so yes. those those are really huge i'm curious is there like mm -hmm. if you are working with say you're working with a woman or a woman is wanting to like mm -hmm. dive into those a little bit more is there typically like a good starting point? Like which one would you maybe say, let's, let's work on this first, or is it really individual? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's really individual. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's one of the resources I'll mention at the end. Mm -hmm. um, but the, I do have a quiz that helps you figure out like which of these areas for you is the one where mm -hmm. that's most important. Um, and then that'll give you a specific resource for like, okay, if for you, it's communication, here's a resource for you to mm -hmm. start exploring that more. Mm -hmm. Um, or for you, it's more the, you know, pleasure-based sex education, you know, here's where you should start. So, mm -hmm. you know, so it's really individualized, um, you know, but I think definitely if you don't have the sense of a pleasure-based sex education if like as you heard me describe that if you're like I don't know what that means or I don't really know the parts of my body that give me pleasure I'm still figuring that out if that resonates for you I would suggest like that's mm. a good starting place because that feels like the foundation of if you don't know and feel comfortable with your body 
then it is hard to then feel comfortable with a partner mm-hmm. to explore more or to show them what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I always encourage every woman I work with to get comfortable with self-pleasure first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not wait for someone to like appear and give you pleasure, but for mm-hmm. you to know yourself, that is so empowering. Mm. And talk about like the shame around that, like the shame around self-pleasure and masturbation and how it's just, it's like masturbation, like right. hush, hush. Like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, oh, so yeah, I can see how all the shame that just um, encompasses the topic, like it's at, it's at every single, you know, mm-hmm. turning point. I feel like it's something that you have to have to work through. Um I'm curious with the, like the communication, the lack Mm -hmm. of like communication skills. I'm just like, like, what does that look like if the partner is like not on board? If, you know, Mm -hmm. she goes back to her partner and like, she feels confident to start talking about it. And they just like, I don't even like, what are some steps to even talk about that? (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yes. Well, if they're not on board and even talking about it, that's a pretty big problem, <laughs> right? If they're like, hey, I'm, I, you know, I'm not Red willing flag, to talk about no. our se- sex life. No, no, we don't talk about these things. I think that's, that's a red flag. And I would mm-hmm. consider getting some more support with perhaps some couples therapy. Like, the, you know, there's probably more going on there if it's like an absolute no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the it, way you approach that. I was like, red flag, get the fuck out. And you're like, <laughs> find more support together. That was such a beautiful, <laughs> gentle way of saying that. I, love I mean, it get more support and then you may end up deciding to end that relationship who knows (laughs) start exploring I would say Mm -hmm. um but you know but say it's like it's not like they're like hard no I will not talk about sex with you Mm -hmm. absolutely not shut the door if it's like oh I'm uncomfortable right and you can feel they they have their own discomfort Mm -hmm. talk about okay I can see we're both you know feeling a little nervous about this and like talk about what's happening like kind of back away from the like, okay, let's force, we got to talk about sex right now. And like, okay, let's switch to, let's talk about the discomfort. Mm-hmm. What are we both feeling and what will we both need to feel a little more comfortable? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, you know, and come at it from a place of like your team of, yeah. okay, I know we both want to have a fun and pleasurable sex life. Mm-hmm. And so we both want to feel close and enjoy that experience. So how can we figure out a way to work through this discomfort? Mm-hmm. Um, and I so like that, that, you know, that'll look different for different people, what that next step would be to get more comfortable. But, you know, maybe it's okay. Your partner needs to maybe read the resources you read first before mm-hmm. you talk about it. So they don't mm-hmm. feel surprised or maybe it's let's watch, you know, a video you found that spoke to you together. And then let's talk about the video. Um, or maybe it's let's let's um, you know write to each other about it rather than say it out oh. loud. Like you know, get mm-hmm. get creative with with what works for the both of you because each of you is going to bring your own cultural experiences, your own messages you've gotten about sex, and so working together with okay, what for us would help us feel comfortable mm-hmm. to talk about it. Yeah, I like that. I didn't even think about the even just different types of communication, like written communication, or I was just thinking, Ooh, how are we going to have this conversation? But there's different ways to even to work through that. So I like offering that. It kind of reminds me of like the, even like the love languages, how for some people it's like the words of affirmation for other people, it's Mm -hmm. physical touch or acts of service and how communication can look 
different ways too. So that's, that's mm -hmm. a really good, good point there. Absolutely. I'm yeah. curious if you have like one tip for sexual communication. Mm -hmm. If, if someone's like, oh yeah, this is, this is the sticking point for me. Like what might be mm -hmm. one, do you feel like it is like to sit down and have that conversation mm -hmm. or yeah. What would be your one tip for folks? Sure. It's hard because yeah, there's so lot. much, <laughs> so much that goes into it. Um, I, I mean, yes, definitely. Like step one is prioritize and have the conversations, mm -hmm. you know, try not to avoid it. Um, but one um, thing that I think can really help prepare you is to get clear for yourself before you go into that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I have a framework that I find really helpful for that. I call it the, I will want and won't framework three three components so you reflecting and getting clear for yourself what is like your your want list so things I really want to do I'm really excited about these are my high priorities mm -hmm. the things I will do like maybe they're not my top things I'm not super into them but I will like happily gladly lovingly do them if my partner mm -hmm. is into them so like I'm, I'm open to these things and then the won't list is like, okay, you're very clear, hard boundaries. Like these are def definite no-nos for me, not comfortable with them. I am, I will not go there. Mm. And so for you to have that internal clarity first going into a conversation, I think can really be helpful. Because mm. a lot of times for women, I find there's often this dynamic of, you know, we're socialized to say yes, to please others, to, yes. if you have a male partner, to prioritize men's needs that is, mm -hmm. those are often messages we've been taught so like being very clear and like this is what I am okay with and what I'm not okay with mm -hmm. and this is what I'm really into I, and I want to ask if they are also into mm -hmm. I think that can help you feel confident in going in to that conversation mm -hmm. um, and then that could also be a framework you could work together through you could share with them like, Hey, you know, I've thought through this framework and kind of come up with this list of things for me. I would love to share with you. Would you want to create your own? And then we could kind of see where the overlap is and see where we could explore together. Yeah. I love that. I feel like it brings in more like excitement to an often nerve wracking conversation, sure. you know, like the I'm going to think about what I want, especially when you're mentioning like the with women and pleasure, like oftentimes, I mean, we just think about women in the household. They're not supposed mm -hmm. to be the ones that like have, you know, we think women's in the kitchen and all this, yeah. all of that stuff. And it's yeah. like, we're not supposed to take care of ourselves. It's like we do for others. Yes. And so I really like that, like sitting down and thinking about, no, like I'm going to determine what I want first. And I feel yeah. like it would bring more excitement to it mm -hmm. rather than. I think a lot of times we get stuck on the, these are things I'm not going to do. And like, those mm -hmm. are just as important, but I yeah. really like that taking time to reflect personally and knowing what you want and getting clear on that. And then almost like, I was thinking of it, like almost like gamifying it. Like, yeah. this is what I want. What like, let's compare notes kind of thing. <laughs> this makes it more fun. I feel like. Totally. Yeah. I think about it as like a great question just to kind of open that kind of conversation is just like, what are you into? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? That's great with a new partner, but also a lot of people in long-term relationships never actually had that explicit mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> they kind of, you know, just go into the default scripts that mm -hmm. they picked up from wherever along yeah. the way. Yeah. So we, even if you've been with someone a few years, ask them that question. Like, hey, what, what are you into? What do you really want to do and excites you? And let's open that door to discuss what we both really want and how we can 
have this be even more exciting than connecting. Yeah. You make it seem like so fun mm -hmm. <laughs> compared to like a daunting thing. Like yeah. I've asked so many people, what are you into? Not maybe referring to sex, but like oh. podcast or like food mm. choices. So I don't yeah. know, like just even that phrase makes it feel a lot more doable and um, encouraging than, yeah, than maybe a different route that I would take. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's really good. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about the sex positive mindset a little bit. Yeah. How, this is kind of another one of those, like, give me one tip or what's the first step? <laughs> it's <laughs> sure. probably a lot of different things, but sure. how would you suggest someone getting started with developing a sex positive mindset, especially if they're maybe someone who even just turning on this podcast, it was mm -hmm. like a, a nerve wracking thing or sure. they were really hesitant to. Sure. Totally. And I, I get that. I know mm -hmm. people are in all kinds of places in, in their journey. So if that's you listener, kudos Welcome. to you for listening to this right now. <laughs> we're so and happy just, you're here. <laughs> this is a brave step. Uh, yeah. yeah. Side note, just funny story. Like I, I can remember, yeah. you know, I, you know, I like listening to different sex podcasts, like, mm -hmm you know, keep my knowledge up and hear what people are talking about and whatever. And pre-pandemic days, I used to always, um, you know, <laughs> often listen on the bus and I'm always, always afraid, like, oh my God, my headphones are going to fall out and this is going to blast to the whole bus and they're going to know the dirty stuff. I'm yes. listening. <laughs> I, that's that my, so that's my sex shame fear that would go on. I, that's so funny. One of my, she's a friend, but also a colleague of mine. She sent me, um, she sent me a podcast. I can't think of what it was. Oh my gosh. But I was listening to it while I was walking my dogs like out in nature. And I remember, well, I had been listening to it when I was in the car and I like, you know, my phone was connected to the car's audio and I put it in my like satchel that I wear. Uh -huh. Well, I must have hit like the play button, like uh -huh. when I put it in there and I'm walking through the aisle of Target and luckily I could just barely hear it, but I was thinking the same thing, like, hmm. man, if this was really loud or, <laughs> you know, like, and again, it gets back to that, like shame and everything. But uh -huh. um, yeah, that's, I can totally relate to that, that thought and that story. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So that's one place my <laughs> sex negative mindset would come up. Mm -hmm. So anyway, reminded me of that story. Yeah. Um, to get to your question, what, what could you do? I think starting with trying to notice the sex negative thoughts. Like it's easy to jump to like, I want to be empowered and I want to have all these positive thoughts and I need to be there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That's a great goal, but it, it's a journey. It takes time to unlearn all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So starting instead with, okay, let me begin to raise my own awareness of what is that internalized mm -hmm. shame and fear stuff that I picked up on. So practicing like, okay, let me just really pay attention to and kind of observe my thoughts mm -hmm. throughout the day and notice a when are those thoughts coming up? And often like, you know, our thoughts go through our mind really quickly. We think so many thoughts all day long mm -hmm. and we tend to just, we just believe them, right? Like, oh, this is my thought. It's true. Mm -hmm. And so instead trying to be like, okay, let me notice that as a thought and label it and say like, oh, that's a sex negative thought. Oh, that's some shaming thing. You know, my mom said to me, or that's a shaming thing. You know, the first woman I dated said to me, right? Like to label it for what it is and to create that distance, right? That that's, if you say like, oh, okay, that's what so-and-so said to me, I can notice that and then have a choice of, do I want to believe that or not? Do I want to hold on to that or not? So just first starting by noticing and get 
practice with that and kind of come up with your own label for it of like, okay, there's that, you know, shame monster, or Mm -hmm. there's that, you know, whatever the thought is for you Mm. and practice that, that helps you become more aware of it and less just like, oh, I just believe that to be true. And it kind of helps break that cycle of Mm. those beliefs becoming more ingrained. Mm -hmm. That's another total parallel with like the non-diet weight control. Mm-hmm. And when I think about um, mm-hmm. like, even when it comes to like eating disorder recovery and like naming our eating disorder yeah. and, um, or that like ED voice mm-hmm. saying like, that's Rachel. Rachel mm-hmm. is saying that shit. Like she is saying that I should go run extra because I ate, you know, mm-hmm. pizza, but that's mm-hmm. Rachel. That's not me. So I can totally see oh, yeah. the awareness piece. And like, mm-hmm. I always say too, when it comes to, you know, like diet culture, we first have to be able to notice it. So I love yeah. the awareness and like the, the labeling of thoughts and, and everything. That's brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if it's okay for me to ask you a question. Yeah. Like, I kind of also see the parallel of like, I feel like a lot of women want to be like, okay, I want to be sexually empowered today. And there's that parallel with body image too, of like, I want to be fully accepting of my body and like fully embrace my body at whatever size, which I love. And I want for all of us. Yes. But I feel like, I mean, it's really hard to get there in the society we live in. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you just have any thoughts about like, yeah, being gentle with ourselves, like on the journey towards more self-acceptance. Yeah. I think the, the awareness piece is, is really important. And I think, um, sometimes I even think about like the first step, it's not even to, it's just to notice it, you know, mm-hmm. just label it and notice it as, as, oh, that's, I'm sorry for any Rachel's listening, but <laughs> in my head, my like disordered eating voice or whatever, or mm-hmm. is, uh, the name is Rachel just because Rachel seems like a mean girl to me. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> totally. I don't know why. Um, uh-huh. and then I even think like aiming towards body neutrality or just this, like, you know, even I think the idea of like acceptance can feel like an even difficult thing to do. So aiming for, I'm just going to see my body as it is. And it's, it's, it's a body and it's neutral. Like sometimes when we jump straight to like that feeling positive about my body and loving my body, it's just like when we go, if we want to start jogging and we start training for a marathon right off the bat, it's like, Mm -hmm. I can't even go a quarter mile. How am I going to go 26.2, you know, versus if it's like, I'm going to start with aiming for one mile and it feels so much more doable. So I think like reframing it as neutrality and, you know, that's my step one. I, f- I feel like it just makes it feel, and maybe that's like the, the health coach in me, like the small uh-huh. goal setting, it feels uh-huh. so much more doable. Um, and even like what you said, then just thinking, oh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, have a sex positive mm-hmm. mindset. Like mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be noticing <laughs> these yeah. sex negative thoughts for a long time before I'm ready to switch them to something more positive. I don't yeah. know if that answers your question. Yeah, totally. No, exactly. Yeah. Does. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I, you know, obviously I hold the same approach to you to yes. body image and all of these things. And of course, body image comes up so often in mm-hmm. sexuality work. And so, yes. yeah, I think that's a, that's a tension I'm often facing of like, of course, I, I want you to be in this place of fully accepting and loving yourself. And I know that takes a lot of time to unlearn. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, lo- I love what you said. About it. Yeah. Since you mentioned body image, I'm kind of curious to like talking more about the idea of like sexuality and sexual empowerment for, um, for folks that live in larger bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I think like bo body size has to play a role in it all. And I think like smaller bodies are much more likely to be, or even just a specific body size, you know, because it's ch changes throughout history, like what's, you know, considered sexy and attractive. Right. Um, but how have you seen that like body size can play a role and impact a woman ex experience um, in all of this if they live in a larger body in particular? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it comes up yeah. <laughs> every single uh, therapy session, every time I run my workshops, it, wow. it always comes up. It's so integral mm -hmm. to women's experience. I think wh wherever they fall on the, on the body yeah. size, you know, continue, continuum, excuse me. <clears throat> um, but certainly particularly for women in larger bodies, which is my experience as well. Um, there is so much more internalized shame and fat phobia and all of those things. And so I think there's unique layers to the messages they've gotten. Um, it's often that, okay, well, you know, no one will be attracted to you. You won't have a sexual partner. You won't have a romantic partner. Maybe not having experiences of people showing interest in them in those kind of early teen years when it's expected because most of the people around them are bought into that mm -hmm. diet culture. Um, even if someone probably did have a crush or was attracted to them, right? That social fear, right? Can yeah. impact ev everyone in that dynamic. So um, I find them often bringing in a lot of those painful past experiences. And so that can shape like the partners uh, they feel they should accept, right? Mm -hmm. Like can be more of, I'm gonna accept partners who don't treat me as well. Or I'm supposed to just be grateful. I'm putting it in quotes for people who can't see yeah, me. I'm yeah. supposed to just be grateful for anyone who wants to be with me, mm. which is like, oh, I just, <laughs> just saying that so loud sad. is so, yeah. so heartbreaking. Yeah, mm. it's, it's awful. Some of those, those stories really mm. uh, bring wow. tears to my eyes. So I think there's, there's more things to unpack that have been internalized mm. um, and more work to do around really like, really deeply believing, you know, I too also deserve pleasure mm. just because I'm in a larger body doesn't mean I don't deserve pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I should be with partners who also want that and provide me with that. They prioritize my pleasure in our sex life. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like for, um, like that body acceptance and sexual empowerment, like, do you feel like someone has to find body acceptance before they can work on sexual empowerment? I don't know. That just came, came to my mind. Mm -hmm. Or do you feel like we can be working, we can be on the journey together? I don't mm -hmm. know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I think it's a parallel process. Like where I feel like as yeah. we're discovering our conversation, like there's so I know much I'm like, we, this is, there's so many things that are overlapping. <laughs> like every, I'm like, Oh, I hadn't, I was not expecting that at all, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I don't think it has to be one has to happen first or the other, but they, I find they often influence each other. Mm. Right. So with my workshops, like I'm, you know, I hold a, you know, weight neutral, health at every size approach and just the way I talk about things and present myself, but I, I'm not saying, Oh, this workshop is for body image. Right. Right. So it's just kind of like infused in just the way I, I talk about bodies. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, people pick up on that, even though I'm not saying like, this is what we're, we are doing and what you're going to um, get out of that. So I think it's, you know, it's interwoven. Yeah. Um, and then that if a woman is starting to explore, you know, self-pleasure, for example, and getting comfortable with her body in that way, mm. 
then that can have a ripple effect of like, oh, I'm comfortable touching my body. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable being present in my body as it's experiencing pleasure. That is a way of beginning to create a new relationship with your body, right? It's not just about like, okay, well, you know how it looks or, you know, where my roles are or whatever Mm -hmm. the things you're self-conscious about, right? It's, that's a whole new experience in your body. Like, oh, you can experience pleasure and I can be grateful for that. Mm. Um, so I think it's kind of an indirect part of the the healing I I have found. Yeah, that is really, really powerful. I did not even think about, I didn't think about that at all. Like just the idea of getting, even like getting comfortable with self-pleasure can lead to just feeling comfortable with our bodies. Like if, and if we can maybe feel comfortable with ourselves touching our bodies, then maybe that can make us feel a little bit more comfortable with someone else touching our bodies, you know? Right. Um, wow. That's really get present in your body instead of in your head. Right. Like when we're feeling self-conscious about our bodies, we're in our head of like, Oh my gosh, how do I look right now? You know, Oh, are they looking at, you know, my most vulnerable part that I don't like about myself? Um, which of course we all have some of those thoughts and feelings. Um, but if you can be like, okay, I'm going to recenter on my breath and the sensation I'm feeling Mm -hmm. and the sensation I'm feeling touching my partner those can help you move away from some of those thoughts. Mm. So that's really like that mindfulness piece, mm-hmm. in, which I know you talk about on your Instagram and on your website and everything. So mm-hmm. like being, yeah. being in your body and mm-hmm. noticing what's happening in your body rather than getting so caught up. And that can really like impact. I've learned too, like being caught up in our head. I mean, it totally impacts, like, it's funny. I, again, I think of it with like food. If we're so mm-hmm. caught up in our head when we're, enjoying our favorite food, it strips the satisfaction mm-hmm. out of it. And I feel sure. like that can be really similar with, yes. um, with sex or like any sort of intimacy yeah. when we're so caught up in our head, it takes away like the satisfaction and maybe some of the pleasure from it. I don't know. Would mm-hmm. you say that's maybe makes sense? Yes. That makes sense. I'm like yeah. nodding furiously. Yes. That makes oh, so sense. yeah, that is really, really powerful. I'm just like blown away by all the parallels. I'm, I'm like, I'm definitely going to have to re-listen to this and then just jot everything down. Cause it's, <laughs> sometimes it's so helpful to think of it in a, in a way that's doesn't even feel related to yeah like the area that you focus on, you know, like when you oh, think about like different metaphors and things like that. And this is just like, yes. it's, op- it's opening my mind in a really positive <laughs> way. It's good. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. a couple, a couple more questions for you. I wanted to ask you about, you know, you say on your website um, that the sexual empowerment school that you use an anti-racist lens. And I'm just kind of curious, like as a white woman, um, how do you integrate this into, into your work? Yeah. Great question. And literally no one has ever asked me that question in the many interviews I've done. So I'm so glad you asked that. Um, Yeah. Well, first I think it's important to say like, as a white person, it's an ongoing process that I am always learning and growing. And there are new things I'm, I'm not even aware of right now that I will learn in the, in the future. So just to say like, whatever Ditto. I'm doing now, like I have not arrived. It, yeah. it is, it is an ongoing process. Just growing up in the United States as a white person, racism is just so embedded and integral to our history. And so mm-hmm that is a forever process yeah, <laughs> of, of unlearning. So that's, that's the first thing I want to mm-hmm. say about that. Um, but yeah, I think 
you know, I really try to infuse it in just kind of like every level of, of the programs that I do, like from the very beginning, like putting out there on my website and being clear, like, this is my stance. Mm-hmm. And these are the ground rules I'm going to hold for the group. Um, and with each workshop I do, I, you know, I have an individual meeting with each woman beforehand and we go over the ground rules and I'm very clear, like, you know, this is an anti-racist space. This is sex positive space. This is, you know, a weight neutral space this is LGBT affirm. You know, we go mm-hmm. through all of those pieces and I'm clear, like, this is the approach I'm taking. If this does not fit for you, this is not the space for you. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the space I'm going to hold. Like, we can learn and grow together, but, you know, explicit bias is not, this will not be tolerated, right? So I think just being very clear from the get-go, um, I think is really important as white people because mm-hmm. it, it's not, uh, it's not a given. I don't think anyone should assume that any white person holds that view unless it's said explicitly. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for me to be very clear about that. And I think that helps build a lot of trust um and the cohorts in my workshop have have been very diverse which i'm very um proud of and glad to see that 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 stance people seem to be connecting um with that so mm-hmm. so that's one piece of just setting it up and then um in the actual work i'm very aware of what are the systemic factors impacting each woman and that's built into every piece of the workshops that you know we're help i'm helping each individual person on their empowerment journey but I'm talking with them about, okay, well, what, what were, you know, the isms you've experienced? What are your cultural and family experiences? How do they impact your view of sex? How do they impact you now today in the bedroom? So just mm. being very aware of all those pieces and not just looking at a person as like, okay, it's just you as a person, as an individual, but not mm. ignoring that, that bigger picture. Um, And then one of the last pieces I've been reflecting on more, this is something I'm adding more is, um, you know, that I can only speak from like my own experience, my own training, my own view as a white person. So I want to make sure I am bringing in diverse perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, So as much as I can with the examples or the resources I bring in, um, and then I'm also going to be adding some bonus um, trainings where I'm going to be doing interviews with some other speakers to talk about other topics, cool. which I'm excited about. I've been doing some of those recently um, and I'm making sure that I have very diverse perspectives coming in. Mm-hmm. So people from um, all different cultural backgrounds, racial backgrounds, body sizes, um, I, w- I want to have as much of that represented as well. So that it's not just you know, yet again, like one white voice is presented as like Mm -hmm. the expert when it's like yeah I'm just one person who is sharing what I know with you and I want to amplify other folks voices so Mm -hmm. yeah I'm the ways I'm I'm currently working on it but yeah yeah keeps growing yeah I, I I like what you said from the very beginning of um it's not a given and so it is important to be explicit about your stance like I think I hadn't thought of it like that before because sometimes I think like oh people will just know my stance, you know, mm-hmm. they'll just know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's a really good reminder for me. Like, nope, it's not a given. Like it's, I'd rather it be explicit than yeah. somebody have to have to guess. And I love the way that you're bringing in different voices, um, especially when it's like your, your program. Um, mm-hmm. I think like sharing the mic, you know, for yeah. lack of a better term, sometimes we can think like, oh no, I don't want, I don't want there to be other experts around. Um, but the fact that you're open to 
sharing the mic and um, especially focusing on mm -hmm. um, yeah, a diverse, diverse group of guest speakers, I think is really, really important. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. That's important yeah. that you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we can all learn from each other. And so, you know, we should amplify each other. Mm -hmm. and, and why would we want to miss out on right. our shared expertise? And, yes. And so. We only know as much as we know. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got to lean on each other to, to learn more things and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, to teach others. That's great. Um, so I know that you had mentioned your quiz that you have online. Would you say that's like a good first step for folks who are wanting to like get started with being more sexually empowered or what might that first step look like for them that you would recommend? Yeah, I think that's, that's the great first step because, you know, it takes you less than five minutes, a quick mm -hmm. quiz of a few questions that'll help you narrow down. Like one of those four areas we talked about of like, which one is maybe the biggest gap for you. Mm -hmm. um, so then you can know, okay, this is where I, I should focus more. Um, and then I'll give you a unique tip and resource for you to get started in, in your results. So all that's there and, and free and accessible. So mm -hmm. um, that would be my number one place to start. Um, another option, if you're like, oh, I'm not a quiz person, if that doesn't appeal to you for some reason. <laughs> I um, love online quizzes. <laughs> me I too. Am, I'm, I am one of I'm a sucker people. for a Harry Potter quiz. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <I'm Yes>. <laughs> or like, what kind of dog am I? And I'll just Both. take it 25 times until it tells me I'm a golden retriever. And I'm like, I, I knew absolutely. it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, another option. I know we talked about mindfulness as well. And that's, that's something integrating to all, all of my work. And I just find that's such a useful skill across the board for so many things for, for mental health, for sexual empowerment. It's, there's one skill you're going to invest in. That's one. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're interested in exploring that more, I also have a resource on my website for that as well. So nice. if you, um, trying to think of the exact, if you just go to the main page, there's a, a link for the um, pleasure mindfulness series. That's mm -hmm. the easiest way to look for it. Um, mm -hmm. So you can click there and check that out too. It's another great way for nice. people to connect. Yay. And what is the best way to find all your wisdom? Because I know yeah. I found you on Instagram, but I've also mm -hmm. checked out your website. Where where should people go to learn more from you? <laughs> yeah, the best place is my website, sexualempowermentschool.com. That's got, you know, the most updated with, you know, all the latest resources and offerings. So that's the best place to find me. Mm. Real quick, can you talk more about sexual empowerment school, like the, the workshop and everything? Like, what does that look like for folks who might be interested? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so it's an eight-week workshop series um, where, you know, I have a small group of women. I keep the cohorts small on purpose. So, like, eight would be the max we would go mm. to. Um, and, and we really um, learn the different areas that we talked about. Like, I, I develop, um, you know, your pleasure anatomy knowledge, kind of fill in any of those sex education gaps. We do a lot of work around mindset and developing those positive mindset tools and then we work on communication skills and kind of what you want to take outside of the workshop. So it's mm -hmm. very, you get a lot of information. So you'll get a lot of education and then we do interactive um, exercises during each workshop. And then you have a workbook and skills oh, that wow. you can take quick do afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and then mindfulness is an integral part of it. So we do a mindfulness exercise um, each week. And then you also have audio court, audio recordings of mindfulness exercises. So you can, you know, listen to them whenever so that you can like keep cultivating those skills. So, wow. yeah, so it's a really fun and interactive, 
And I try, you know, kind of all those foundations we talked about, I try to be like, okay, let me give you all the foundations Mm -hmm. you would need. So you've got all of your essentials um, that you can take with Mm -hmm. you to have that good foundation to continue your sexual empowerment journey on your own. Wow. That is like an all encompassing program. I feel like, like that you get the one-on-one because did you mention too, that you get to meet, you meet one-on-one with each woman that's a part of it at like we, one time or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do as like kind of the beginning before we start just to answer any questions you have, mm-hmm. go over the ground rules, make sure it's a good fit for what you're looking for. So we do a little one-on-one and then we have the group meetings. Yeah. Um, where all the kind of education and stuff happen. So you get a lot of information and you get the community of other women, which I feel like that's really where the magic happens, that Mm -hmm. support and knowing you're not alone. Like that's just, it's so powerful. Mm, Yeah, I love it. So cool. So cool. Well, thank you you so much. This has been so fun to talk to you. I, again, I was so excited from the get-go because it's, like I said, like been two months in the making and you, de- you delivered so, oh, good. so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And, and again, I can't, I'm going to have to think more about all these like parallels between mm. sexual empowerment and, you know, like this weight neutral approach to, mm-hmm. yeah, to, to fitness and to food. It is like, again, not at all I was not at all expecting to see, I mean, I yeah. knew that body image would be overlapping obviously, but I had no idea that I would see so many, yeah, parallels. And that's, I just think that's, that's so, that's the cool thing about connecting yeah. with professionals outside of the, you know, specifically the health and fitness and weight neutral space. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your expertise and for all that you do. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and thanks for what you do. It's oh. very important and much needed. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of GTB. If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. You can also share this podcast on Instagram and tag me at Give em the Bird Podcast. I will see you back here next week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.